Geek Shock. Geek Shock. Geek Ready for action. So you hand me this. Hi, Andrew. Yeah. Uh, anybody here know Kelly Kelly? Yeah. Okay. So yes. just watch something about there on OSW Review. So you're invited to witness. Oh, say game on. You're invited to witness the ultimate gameplay battle live in Las Vegas. Kelly Kelly, one of the best female gamers in the nation, will be hosting the event to crown the quote arcade battle royale champion. Not the Kelly Kelly I was thinking. Yeah, I was same Kelly Kelly you were thinking of. <laughs> I was uh, like, is what? Kelly Kelly of the Gamer Girl crew? I really don't know. I was hoping Fact you know who just handed this to me. Uh, what's weird, though, is that it's a Atari 2600 setup. Uh, Hashteroids and Centipup are the two Atari games featured <laughs> on it. And, and the best part, though, is where the event takes place. That's Tuesday, September 23rd uh, from 3 to 4 p.m. at Denny's on Fremont Street. <laughs> What? <laughs> so, That's so, hilarious. So see Kelly Kelly at, at Fremont Street. Denny's. Wow. I'm going. <laughs> I'm not going. Well, that's wow. one of those, like, I'm, I I need to reply to that and say, I, 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 I there's nothing I can do with that. But, uh, <laughs> but thanks. <laughs> thanks. All the same. Send in lieu of. Yikes. Revitalize Neonopolis. Holy. Welcome, folks. It's Geek Shock number 254. I am Master Torgo. The famous Paul. 80s Jeff. Fact check Dandy. Flip floppy Matt. Flip floppy yeah. Matt. It just Private so Canada. happens. Nope. Oh, not yes. listening. We yes. got voted nope. on. We had some names. Uh, well, well here's submitted. the thing. As far as what our listeners are called, we're going to hold off one more week because Commander K is coming next week and he insists he wants to be in on this. Excellent. All right. All right. So, but we did get quite a few suggestions for. Private major. Great, 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 great. Let's hear him. Uber Canada. Let's hear him. Um, a lot of which Ace just gave us a list. Right. Yeah. My, so, fav- my so. favorite not submitted by Ace was Canada. <laughs> can of duh. He's a can of duh. I like that. Uh, one was a Schroeder Pradium 4. Perineum 4. Schroeder? Like Schroeder as in. Schroeder. Schroeder. I think so. Okay. For his name? Yeah. Okay. But uh, according to Ace, Ace says, if you're going for something floppy in the name, he says, (laughs) you should be dubbed Hot Pocket, which in his books, the ultimate male stripper name, and perfect for flip floppy. Uh, He also votes for Little Dipper, just because writing that name made him smile. Uh, Alliteration is a win, too. Commander K put up the prime example. So here's a list. All right. So we've got... Canadian Cherub, Canadian Carrot, Coin Flip Canada, which I really kind of uh, like. That one's good. Yeah. I like that one. Uh, Canador the Calm, uh, Collector Canada, Coup de Canada, The Cantankerous Canadian, Detective Canada, not alliteration, but cool, he says, uh, Flip Flopsy, <laughs> which is <laughs> uh, Floppy Flipper, which is also pretty sweet. Sloppy Dripper. <laughs> Flowery Fun Flip. Uh, funny Flopper, Fertile Flippy, and DJ McCool. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm, I'm definitely going to go with Hot Pockets over DJ McCool. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> so would I. Fact check. So, what but, about but, Wing Street? Can we call him Wing Street? <laughs> what are you going to pick? <laughs> Hot Pockets. Uh, Coin Flip Canada, and I think, uh, what was the other one? Uh, that was the one I like, and 
and flip flopsy or floppy flipper. Floppy flipper, flippy floppy. That's good. So there's some suggestions. That coin flip one's good. I like that. Yeah. Coin flip Canada. My dad saw the uh, Wing Street sign when we were on vacation, yeah. and it took me a while to explain to him that wasn't really the name of the street. <laughs> <laughs> Did you also explain to him how I use it as an analogy for a diseased colon? <laughs> I didn't mention that. Okay. It was hard enough to get the first say, thing through. Yeah, you don't want to take him down a whole other path. No, Wing Street is a colon. Wing Street is what happens when Paul is walking up the steps. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, oh, Wing Street. Oh, it sure does. Oh, it happened. Which reminds me, how it's many days of the accident? Uh, it's been a while now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, been, I've been very knock on wood. I don't know what it was before. Well, I'll tell you part of it. I've really cut back on the soda. Oh, yeah, have you? That is a big part of it. Really? Wait, wait, wait. You had an accident in your pants. Oh, dude. Many a time. This has been <laughs> a running theme in my life. <laughs> but it hasn't happened in a while. It really hasn't. So, And you think soda had... Big part of it, yeah. Really, yeah. dude, I drink. Gets everything I really loosey goosey, <laughs> and in combination with the things that I consume. okay, yeah. okay, yeah, you, you, you know, you can you can drink a lot of cola, or you can eat the crazy shit that so, I eat. So it's one degree you, you alchemy. Pick, you decide, yeah. But if you do both, you are a recipe for disaster right there. I'll tell you, other thing is nuts. You eat a lot of nuts. These nuts shakes it right up. Yeah, I can see that. It's I was bad. Gonna news. say for most people, nuts are actually a good thing. You know, oh, it's good. <laughs> It gets Source things of moving. Source omega-3s right. and so forth. Right. It was moving already. But good if cholesterol. Eat, if you eat a good thing and you don't eat good things usually. Oh, that's true. Look out. Your, your digestive system is right. not geared is for true. healthy, healthy what food. What is this fiber? <laughs> if I have a salad and some a handful of almonds. You're dead? <laughs> you are dead. Your body goes, what the fuck is going yeah. on? Release valve open. <laughs> get it out, get it out, get it out. Yep. It's poison, it's poison. Yep. Or it's putting poison out. So, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so, I have to be very cautious. So, Classic Gaming Expo happened this weekend. It sure did. How was that? I really enjoyed it. I thought that the dealer room had something to be desired. But I went on Sunday. You know, a well-picked-over Sunday. So, I, I had the scraps left over. So, I didn't buy much. <laughs> the carcass of the uh, Yeah, it was carcass. Expo. But... The it museum was, was the best Saturday. I'd ever seen it. Yeah, the museum was really nice. The uh, what do you call it was great. The little arcade room they arcade set up was, was great. the mm-hmm. best I've seen that. Yep. Uh, I finally got to play uh, that Xbox Mech game with all the huge controls. You've never played oh, that yeah. one. You've never played that. What was it? What, what was that called? I can't remember. Uh, uh shoot. Front I'll let mission. you work on it. Yeah, it's front mission. No, it's, no, it wasn't front mission. No. But steel something, steel battalion, steel battalion. Steel battalion. Yeah, good. Paul. Darren has one of those. Friend of the show, Darren. They had about six cast. of them linked up. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, I've never seen that. Yeah, before. it was heavy duty. It was impressive. Finally got to sit behind, sit behind the controls. The guy guided me through. That thing has like forty buttons. Each oh, thing it's, does it's something in the game. It's not just looking pretty. It's not easy. I remember getting so overwhelmed with just the startup sequence. It's like you got to flip this button, flip this button, do that, push <laughs> yeah. the start button. If you don't, you will then, die because yeah. one of them is oxygen, and you will die yeah. of suffocation yeah. in the robot. Oh, yeah, absolutely. They thought this thing through. Yeah. If you catch on fire, there's a button to extinguish the fire. It's crazy. You also can shut down all your power systems to yeah. get rid of a lock, but that, of course, puts your O2 at a right. weird level. There was so much thought into that game. We'll never see its like again. No. <laughs> Did we ever figure out what that place was I was talking about on the strip that was had that had a game like that? It was it a had, battle tech center. Kind of. But it had like a it was like Gameworks had, had that. No, no, no. no it is, was it was up by Riviera. Yes. Uh, oh, and it was it was an officially one. a battle tech I center. I was never there. But they had like the explorers 
lounge in the front. It was way ahead of its time. It was a steampunk setup 20 sure. years ago, right? Yeah, it had everyone. You got into your own pod, and it was before online games were a thing. The Luxor had that too for a while. They had like six pods that you mm-hmm. could get in in their arcade, and it, they yeah. were all yeah, like they together. Did, yeah. But this like had a, this was its own building. Oh, okay. and, and you, there was a bar and a waiting area in the front that looked like you were walking into like you know Alan Quartermain's uh, Explorers Club, oh, and there's oh, all wow. kinds of you know uh, African heads, you know heads of things on the wall, and but some African heads, yeah, sure. some African heads. <laughs> <laughs> you give them African heads now, you know about it. You're talking yeah. like Ugandan uh, war masks and stuff like that, that. kind of stuff. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, like Kamala would wear. I love Kamala. Zulu tribe. The Ugandan headhunter Kamala, the greatest WWE wrestler of all time. But that didn't last long. I, no, I think it like was gone within two past. years. I think it was less than a year. Probably. I, I got to do it once on vacation. I have to get here when it was here. Yeah. I, I had a whole bunch of tickets for it that I didn't use because I I, I get paid in tickets to that thing somehow. For some you get paid in tickets? I did some art, some artwork oh. and I got paid in tickets, yeah. You didn't go. <laughs> Not enough. Oh. <laughs> And at the Classic Gaming Expo, I finally got to play a Fairchild Channel F system. Aha. What is that? that? Fairchild is the first first home cartridge-based home console system. Yep. Came out two years before the Atari 2600 or VCS for you oldies. And they renamed it the Channel F because it was originally uh, the VC something. Yes, like, like VCS, something like that. And then Atari came out with theirs and had the same... Before they called it the 2600, the same VC something. Yeah. And then Ch- Fairchild changed their name. Yep, exactly. To Channel F. And what's funny, I was playing on it, like, I was playing Pac Man on it. And I'm like, wow, I never realized they released Pac Man for, for Fairchild. This is, wow, I'm doing, this is awesome. Turns out uh, Pac Man was released for the Fairchild in 2008. I was going to say, that's a homebrew. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's not a new, that's, that's not, it's a relatively new cartridge. Feel- and that's such a fun thing about the classic gaming when you dive deep into that niche, that there are people out there not only still programming games, but selling them in the market. Did you see the HackRom booth? I'm not they sure. They had cartridges with nothing but HackRoms. No, I don't think I did. Oh, they might have packed up and left before you got there. Okay, they might again. Have, but it was all NES and Super NES cartridges where it was, it's basic games, but the... The games have in some way been changed up. Like they changed that, up that's sprites, like characters. characters. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's the basic game is still in, intact, but there's a change to it to add levels that weren't there before, or to add abilities that you didn't have before, or like some of them were simple, like a Super Nintendo cartridge that had a Game Boy Advance cartridge in it, but you could play it on a Super Nintendo. Oh, wow. Kind of thing. Okay. That sort of stuff. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So that's one of the things I, I got. Uh, uh, Metroid Zero Mission for the Game Boy Advance. That was one of the cartridges I was looking for. Nobody had a Game Boy Player. Really? Which is something I'm looking for to get to. Oh, yeah, that specific one. GameCube, yeah. um, which I had back in the day. I sold when I got my uh, Wii. Didn't think about it, but I'll get that back again. You will. But I've got all the systems to play these games on, too, sure. so it's okay. Yeah, you're, you're emulated out the butt. Now the real it's question comes. It's pretty ridiculous comes, the redundancy I have, but I, I still don't feel safe. Yes, I was going to say the real question comes. So you took your your girlfriend to the Classic Gaming Expo, yes, and she still is with you. Then. Yes, she is. Okay, she she wasn't completely. She may be lying that she had a great time, but she seemed to have a good time. Okay, I, I got to play tour guide all day. That was fun too. Mm-hmm. It's nice to be able to think that's that. I had a bunch of friends that I had told about it show up 
which was great. So, uh, and it's always cool to see people who haven't been before or, you know, and it's, it's an easy thing to recommend because whether you're into it or not, you get to see all these other people who are passionate mm-hmm. about it. And that's what it is. That's what translates. Uh, you just feel the excitement, the appreciation for the, uh, the art form and the, the, the atmosphere that it creates and the, uh, the motif that it sets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I talked a little while to the guys that do the televisionaries podcast. You think our podcast is long. My God, those guys. Uh, it is a television devoted podcast. They're up to 14 episodes, but I think their last episode clocks in at about five hours long. Oh, my wow. God. <laughs> so they focus on one game. And their own recollections of it. And then they interview the people that made the game and take submissions from other people to bring in and read those. And they have a lot of 8-bit chip tunes in there. And it's a really entertaining podcast. That's cool. So if in you're at all into in television, this, that's the podcast you want to hear. But it's embrace having, the pause button, all right, because you'll it'll be a long trek. Otherwise. It's having a bit of a resurgence right now in television. They it had is. the new ones for sale. Did you see those? The flashback machines. The flashback machines. You could get them signed by a bunch of the creators and everything. Yeah, people who were behind the first release of the Intellivision. Yeah, that was and not my system. Nintendo flashback. I still I played a little bit of twenty six hundred, mostly Atari eight hundred as a kid. Okay, I had a neighbor that had the Intellivision. And yeah, I'd stay over at his house as much as I could to right, play that. Because that was just that was that much better. The thing was with Atari Twenty Six Hundred, you could any about any game, you could pick it up and play it. That's one button, one stick. You'd figure it out, except in a few cases. Mm-hmm. In television, you had to read the instruction manual because it had the it had a twelve button keypad, a disc at the bottom to control movement that I think moved in 16 directions. Wow. Yeah, it was something crazy like that. And then two sets of side buttons. Yeah. And they'd have these inlays that you slide in over the keypad for each game. Oh, yeah, I remember and seeing those. So various buttons on the keypad would do various things. And there was very strategy-centric, that system. And that very springy spiral cord yes. connecting from the machine to the to the control pad that so, uh, if you weren't careful would snap back rather I remember rather quickly <laughs> I remember uh-huh. thinking that there was no way that home video game systems were ever going to you know be anything huge because the joystick wasn't mounted on anything it just you you always hurting your hands after playing for you know half hour or so and I was thinking you know unless I figure out some way to get some <laughs> mounted thing there's no way people you know, Little did I know. Shows what you know. I know what. Well, you didn't now, play the Fairchild. A lot of people yeah. have mounted things. Mm. <laughs> hey. Oh. Um, but, uh, yeah, there. I'm still, the GameCube controller is still the most comfortable controller ever made, in my opinion. Uh, right after that would be the 360. Yeah, I was going to say, the 360 holds them, one. the big one holds them in my hands. Oh, you like the big old, oh, yeah. old one. I like the, the big the monster Duke. one. The I hated Duke. that fucking thing. The Duke. <laughs> I hated that fucking thing. Uh, I like, I've got big, I like, strong hands. I like the 360. When I go back and play my, even the original Xbox post-Duke, it feels weird and big when I go back to my 360. That's just a very comfortable stick. The, the GameCube's still a little bit better, but... Mm-hmm. And I got a hold of Destiny this week. <laughs> I've been playing Destiny this week. Had how, to know how is old Destiny? Gamefly, thank goodness. Yeah, you lucked out. They huh? exist because I was I was talking about it. I was like, I'm going to pre-order Destiny because it's going to be great. It's going to be great. Um, it's not. So it's great. visually stunning. It's pretty. 
It's super pretty, no doubt about it. But they Titanfall. T- they took pieces of Borderlands. They took pieces of Halo, wrapped it up in an MMO, and it's not the best pieces of any of those three systems. Mm-hmm. Mm. And there's no clear idea of what you're supposed to be doing at all. The story is in junk. The game. Peter Dinklage, I love him. He's a fantastic actor, but the way they directed him, he just. It's he just drones on. He sounds bored, right? He sounds bored, and thus almost, making me bored. Almost as if you've been locked in a room with you know, <laughs> him and a microphone for several hours. It's almost <laughs> like in video games. Every time you get an, an actor, somebody that is good at what they do, and then they want them to be this artificial intelligence, and then and they say, "Okay, now now read this line." And it's almost like the director goes, "Now nah, you're sounding a little too human." You need to sound more robotic or more more machine like, and, and that's what it comes across to me as when you hear him deliver his lines in the game, because it really does seem like some voice director is going, "No, you seem a little too human." Although we're supposed to be in what century in this? I uh, don't 20? know the future. Yeah, but it's like supposed to be far in the future. Who's to say that artificial intelligence isn't going to sound at least somewhat? Organic. He worries about you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I don't say sabotage. You say sabotage. But it's got those caves where respawns happen constantly, a la MMOs. You know if you're on one side, you're going to fight this group. You can go to the other part of this map you've been to. There'd be creatures there to fight and go back and forth. The leveling up is not interesting. In fact, there is, I mean, I'm level 12 out of 20 in the game. Apparently, 20 is when it all opens up, but by that time, you have put in so much time, you know whether you like it or not. That is the greatest flaw of these current generation designs. I will never understand. That's not a current generation design. That's an MMO design. Right. That doesn't make any sense to me. Give me the game. Yeah. Give me the game. Why would you not? Why would you hold the best stuff? Well, then you're or at least RP- tease some of it. Well, you're, like, give you some of the abilities. Like give you some of the abilities up front, so that when you uh, unlock things, you feel like you're achieving something. I hate that man. That drip feed mentality, man. Just give me the whole fucking crack rock right off the bat. And whereas, you, as you know me, I'm super looty, and the loot is uninteresting. When you replace a gun with another gun, it's the same gun. There's apparently a loot hack out there now. There's a loot trick. I mean, I know, not that you care. Yeah, at this point, it's... Uh, it's a it, shame, because yeah, I watched a little bit of it on Twitch, and I was... I, first of all, it gave me motion sickness, <laughs> and then second of all, I was bored Yeah, I, very quickly. I played it for a while. Here's the thing. When I'm playing it, I find it compelling, but I don't find it fun, just like I do every other MMO I've ever played. Mm-hmm. Nothing to attach you in except for that light drip of what you might yep. find next. I, last yep. night, booted up Grand Theft Auto V again, because I have not scratch the surface on that game they took the fun out of that game what it's just so easy to die did you play five at all yeah i don't but it's I been a long like time. it i didn't die that easily i it? died I, well no. you know how i drive and play <laughs> well <laughs> so i don't remember the i guess i need to just march. i just said i need to set some some cheats to keep myself a little bit more healthy but it doesn't see, feel nearly as forgiving as the old ones did but I do want to shout out to uh, listeners Gabe and Keone. They did lead me through some areas of Destiny so I could play a little multiplayer. Oh, that's nice. So I just want to shout out to you guys. Appreciate that. Uh, but if you were thinking about Destiny, it's so middling. In fact, I thought about buying 
it is a birthday gift for a friend of mine recently, but I'm like, I'm not going to do that to anybody. <laughs> yeah. That's a cruel gift. Woo! So that's harsh. It's so we're still waiting. New generation. Yeah, we're that still is, waiting. I, I almost, I um, I looked really hard at a PS4, the Destiny White. Looked really hard at it, but nope, did not bite. <laughs> I don't even, I don't even it. think I'm going to get one of these next gen systems. I don't I, want a PS4. I think you will in a year. I don't want a P- Xbox One. I don't know. I, I think once I this might end t- up yeah. with a Wii U. This once not, these things start coming next out next year, I think you'll be wanting one of those. I'll be wanting one just to play Batman if it's worth two shits. But who knows? They might cock that up at this point. Um, I say, don't cross your finger. Right? You know what I mean? Like Rocksteady, they're good, but they've yeah. gone a little off the deep end here <laughs> with what they're doing. They're putting some ambition ahead. You know, we'll see. Uh, the next know. game I'm looking forward to. 2017, Warmer 40K Eternal Crusade, I think it's called. The MMO that for that. sounds fine. Yes. It's, Why it's, can't I'll, they just bring the tabletop experience to the game? They've tried. Uh, in fact, the closest thing they've done is the uh, real-time strategy games that they've released for the PC, which are really good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, Blood Dawn of Bowl. War. Dawn of War, right? Is that what you're <laughs> talking Blood about? <laughs> Blood Bowl. Yeah, Dawn of War. Blood uh, those are awesome. It's got some holes, those but it's awesome. good. I got all every single Dawn of War. It's an excellent game. In fact, I think the most uh, homage set to it, they released a Warhammer game for the original PlayStation called like Attack of the Rat King or something like that, where it was kind of moving groups of figures on a tabletop with animation. It wasn't very good. It was very hard to deal with, but... That's probably the most pure sense of Warhammer I've seen. There's going to have to be some sort of hybrid system where it's partially tabletop and partially computer. Somebody's where, working where on you it. move the figures around, but some computer works out the math and the the, the, you know, the tax. Well, we tried like that a, with uh, what was that called game called where we use the eye. Oh, eye of uh, judgment. Eye of judgment. So it was a table a card game where you place the cards down underneath the camera on this big board. And the camera was watching the board. When you put the cam- uh, card down, it had a little code on it that the camera would read. And it would, on the screen, on TV, you would see the three-dimensional creature rise up from that card. Pretty Sounds neat. Sounds kind of cool. Was that neat. was a fun gimmick. And was, it was a fun game. Yeah. It just didn't have the support. It yeah. didn't have the, not quite the dynamics it needed. Yeah, it was very much a one-off. But you could buy packs of cards, which is yeah. not a fun One of these it. days, they'll bring some shit like that to Magic. And they'll I mean, make it the, even uh, super expensive again. I'm, I'm looking behind you at those figures that um, uh, the video game figures there. That oh, the uh, Disney Infinity. Yeah, I mean that's that's getting close to it, except that it doesn't have the board. No, no. What you, what you want? It's already been done. MechWarrior Tactics. Really you brought BattleTech tabletop to the computer game or uh, PC, I should say. And that's pretty pure. Yes. Okay. Very pure. Even have hex- tactics, like huh? you have um, hexagons to where you move, and like you, your bot can move like three hexagons. Even the board has okay. hexagons, and mm-hmm. takes a turn to turn your mech that way to but shoot. Is, is it a physical board? Well, digital board. Yeah. No, I'm talking about a physical board with physical pieces. I and could a computer see working out the math. Who knows what really happened to Microsoft Surface? But I could see something like that being a Microsoft. Surface They've fiddled thing. with that kind of shit. Yeah, and and uh, Amiibo is coming. Yeah, that's the next big thing for Nintendo. Which is their answer to Skylanders and Disney Infinity. Right. And Disney Infinity 2.0 comes out, what, next week? Pretty soon. So, yeah. And you're but, into that? You're going to buy that? Uh, it's Marvel, so yeah, I will probably buy it. I'll probably buy some of those figures. I'm going to buy some Amiibo figures. I've already got yeah. a couple of those pre-ordered. I'll probably buy Amiibo figures before I buy the Wii U. 
Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> okay. it works with the 3DS, which is good. Oh, okay, then perfect. Uh, you have a box. Yeah. I, Andy, uh, I, I was down. Uh, my, my brother was at a uh, zookeeper's convention in Disneyland. Of course. What else would you have it? All right. Well, they have their Animal Kingdom, so I was part of it. So we checked into one of the Disney resorts, and this is what they hand you when you check in. They check a box that says Magic Band. It's got Lady Ultimates on it, Incredibles on it. And they're, okay, that is a rubber band. It says F. Andrew on it. I assume you wear this. It's like a watch band without a watch. Yep. It's got a Mickey ears on it. Is that a fitness band? That is the key to your hotel room. <laughs> If if you should be if you if you buy tickets to the the uh, one of the parks, yeah. it's on there. That's how you get into the park. Although you also have to swipe your thumbprint, which I had to do at Universal Studios too. <laughs> that's yeah, that's, cool. that's also a, that's a new thing they're cool. doing. Tied into your credit card. Oh, so, oh, so, oh so you can buy something with your wristband, and it's waterproof, so you can be hanging out of the pool and like, oh, I need a I need a daiquiri. I need an eleven dollar daiquiri. Oh, I'll just swipe my arm over this. That's so dangerous. Oh, I know. And I said no salt. No salt. But they handed it to us in this nifty box, and it's got our names on the box itself. That's pretty fancy. But you and know what? Then, I, then, I love the idea of not having to carry all the Did you get to pick your picture? Your Wait, color? my name's yeah. in here, too. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then my name is on the inside of the band, too. So I mean, Did you get to pick your color and design or anything? No, or they just no? handed us a box. We had no idea they had, what they were doing. Okay. Right on the back. Pretty cool, dude. That's neat. Yeah. I like that. But very dangerous, and we and yeah. my dad was uh, insisted on wearing it a lot. So we were like, you know, fifty miles away from the park, and he's wearing it. And I'm like, that's just pointing us out as marks, Dad. And I know they already <laughs> have the dangerous thing that if you go into any of the shops in the park and you're staying on premises, you can now buy with your wristband. They send it to your room, so you don't have to carry it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> So I, I, I was joking right Ooh. off that they're, you know, they're tracking us, they're taking our DNA, you know, and and uh, you know, and they said, oh, make sure you don't wear it in your right hand because they'll be, you know, be tracking the, your your masturbation movements and mocking them. <laughs> <laughs> now, but very... but I, but I made the thing about tracking it, and I to one of my brother's friends who works on the parks, and she goes, oh, they only do that to keep track of wines and stuff, so it really is tracking you. Yeah, <clears throat> I'm very lucky I did not become a Disney file. Of any great measure, Ugh. I have a few Disney things, but nothing, not really anything. It's so dangerous. It is. That's a it's big, so dangerous. Excuse me, rabbit hole. Oh man. man. Well, you actually as, are a Disney file as now. As far as I know, since they own Marvel and Star Wars, right? Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> yeah, Andy did bring up the good point. As far as we know, this is still tracking. You know, Disney knows I'm here. <laughs> Uh, the, it's it's got an RFID chip in it. It's a very limited range, yeah. so I mean, the transceiver has limited to be only by the power within, of within inches of you. <laughs> this, it also um, it also was how you get into the uh, gate to get into the parking lot. You had to swipe it through to get the gate to open up. The Imagineers, oh, hey there, hey there, F. Andrew. Oh, hey, well, go right on in. Nothing, oh. nothing did that yet, but I suspect that's of next year. Come on, right this way. We got cotton candy. Oh, come on over here. This is some delicious sugary drinks. Mickey, wear your pants. Huh? Mickey, wear your pants. Don't ask questions. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Well, sorry, Andrew. You've asked too many questions. Come on over to the Disney showers. Disney <laughs> <laughs> shower? Oh, my God. Oh, wow. Right this way. <laughs> That's not soap, and I didn't drop it. What nope. are you doing? Don't worry. <laughs> It'll all be over soon. <laughs> News you don't give a shit about. Uh-huh. Wait, I got one more geeky thing. 
I had butter, I had butterbeer. And you had butterbeer. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, I do. It's yeah. very good. Butterscotchy? Um, actually, the it's like a two-part thing. The bottom main dark liquid stuff has almost no flavor at all. It's like maybe very mild ginger ale or very mild cream soda. Okay. All the butterscotch flavor is in the foam on the top, which stays there through the whole drink. So you're, you're basically tasting the stuff that's on the top. I want to, want to go to Florida. Hmm. Did you get a big turkey leg? Did not get a big turkey leg. Oh, the best. Did you get an ejaculus maximus? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, Hogsmeade, I, went to, I, didn't, I didn't go to Diagon Alley. I went to Hogsmeade, and Hogsmeade is set up by its winter. And it's, you know, it's 100 degrees and muggy. <laughs> Everyone's it's in shorts, snowy. but there's snow there's all over snow every rooftop. Right? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> is it confusing? Does that hurt? Does that hurt more? Does the heat it hurt just, more? It just cracked me up. Your brain just kind of go, oh. <laughs> fuck this snow. I hope to Can go to Dagon Alley. you guys smell the rain December. that is coming our way? Yeah. Not yet. I haven't gone outside oh, in a while, it's, it's blustery out there. It's getting crazy. We are in for it. The Southwest states are about to get another huge deluge. I don't know how much will hit Vegas, but tomorrow through Thursday... Uh, we have flash flood warnings. Yeah. Southwest needs it, man. Yeah. We need it, but at the same time, like Don't need Phoenix, it all at once. <laughs> Phoenix is going to be underwater again. Yeah, it's projected that I think Phoenix could get seventy five percent of their annual rainfall in the next two days. Jesus Christ! Yeah, not, it was a hurricane, right? From the yeah, it's a hurricane. Yeah, the again. Baja. Really, really, what we need is for Colorado to get it so that it'll just melt off gently as yep. rainwater and come through here. There you nice. go. Exactly. It'd come through the Colorado. A couple of weeks ago. We talked about the rebooting of the Underworld franchise. Instead of starting from scratch, looks like the series will shift its focus to another existing character. Kate Beckinsale's Celine will be replaced by Theo James' vampire, no. David. Oh, so now your whole thing that you were excited no. about last week is done. So it's not yes. even going to be about a hot nope. chick anymore. The nope. one thing Underworld had going for it, a spandex-clad... Kate Beckinsale. Beckinsale is now being taken out. Red light. Yeah, dude, <laughs> yeah, for real. Red light now. Well, Stop you, that shit. You can be a man or you can be a lichen. The fifth Underworld film is described as an expansion of the existing universe and will feature two new female characters. Okay. Whoa. Wait a sec. <laughs> They've doubled Wait a down. Sec. Hold on. Hold the phone, biscuits. Those roles have yet to be uh, cast, but filming oh. is scheduled to begin this spring. A screenplay will be written by Corey Goodman, who, as we said before, previously wrote Priest and The Last Witch Hunter. Uh, The working title being thrown around is Underworld Next Generation. Rumor on the (laughs) casting front, Sandra Bernhard and Kathy Bates. (laughs) I would watch that. In spandex. I was thinking Mary-Kate and Astley, so yours is better. Mary-Kate and Astley? I'm Mary Kate. I'm Ashley. <laughs> Ashley, thank you. I'm I like all Ashley, Ashley too. All I do no, is eat now and no, sit it's, at it's home. Wicked pictures. Dave Coulier does <laughs> kick flips off of my rump. No, I'm Ashley. I'm the reason that the Joker is dead. <laughs> What's his name? Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Heath Ledger. Yeah. yeah, I was sitting on his face. When he's suffocated because I'm so assly. You're never going to let us down, though, right? Never going to give me up? Yep. Rick Astley? I'm Rick Astley's daughter. <laughs> his long-lost daughter, Kate Astley. <laughs> News you don't give a Kate shit rolled. about. Kate Rolls. Kate Rolls. Astley Olsen. Anybody want a Kate Roll? <laughs> Looking to capitalize on the success of 1996 horror hit Scream, 
I Know What You Did Last Summer was released in 1997. The movie starred Jennifer Love Hewitt, Freddie Prinze Jr. I saw that movie in the theater. Sarah Michelle Gellar. I'm sorry. Ryan Phillips. As a group of friends who accidentally hit a man while out on a joyride and try to dispose the body without telling anyone, only to have someone who claims to know their secret contact them a year later. Mm -hmm. A reboot of the movie is in works at Sony Pictures. And they've hired Oculus writer and director Mike Flanagan and Oculus co-writer Jeff Howard to pen the screenplay. Uh, The reboot, same as the original, will be adapted from the 1973 book of the same name. Same as it ever was. From the author Lois Duncan. Same as it ever was. Sony is reportedly high on getting it made and hopes to have it released in 2016. Somebody's high. Somebody's high. (laughs) As it is, as it was, as it always shall be. Let's just keep rebooting stuff and... Rehashing stuff and sending out the fucking shit train. Let's I, go. I, I think we got too many Oculuses here. I'm confused. Oculus is, uh, what is that? That's uh, Oculus is not the, the video game peripheral. Okay. Oculus Rift is the video game peripheral. Okay. Oculus is the WWE-funded horror film. With Katie Sackoff. With Katie Sackoff. And Katie Sackoff. Film, Sounds terrible. film was Sackoff. That was not good. Okay. It's funny. I heard the OSW guys actually liked it. Did they? They liked it. In their oh. latest review, they, they enjoyed it okay. Yeah. Right. No. <laughs> well, I mean, they're into wrestling, not horror movies. It so. doesn't. It doesn't. Doesn't matter. It's, it's bad. There's a wrestler <laughs> in it. Sure, maybe that got excited. Yeah, maybe. No, you know, that, they I didn't realize there was a wrestler in it. I, I assumed he was. He was a big guy that played the father. and uh, might not that, be a wrestler. It might not be. I really find it amusing that all the big studios are trying to, to minimize their risk by doing all these reboots and mm. these rehashes and so forth. But what is really fascinating is that most of the time, the studios that take a risk and do something, you know, somewhat original or even, you know, a little edgy are the ones that are succeeding right now. And all yeah. these reboots are starting to kind of diminishing returns, that. you think? Yeah. Uh, probably the best thing that describes what you just said is that sci-fi movie that came up this last summer starring uh, uh, short and... Short round? The, yeah, the guy from Risky Business. Which is My, oh, Tom Cruise. Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise. Cruise. Yeah, that time travel sci-fi alien film. What the hell are you, That was me? supposed to be really, really good. <laughs> it was good. It was. I really enjoyed it. But failed. So I, much so that wait, they wait, pretty wait. much renamed it that's, for the Blu-ray release to get more yeah. people to watch that's it. That's what Scully was saying last night. Where I was Scully. And it's, it's wait, wait change the name on it. Change the title of it. Edge to, of Tomorrow uh, or the other yeah. one. Oh, it was uh, yeah. Fight, yeah. Die, Repeat? Yeah. yeah. That was a good movie. I like that movie. It was. That and was a good so movie. That's and the new title of it now? Yeah. I they, saw that and I was like... It's Fight, Die, Repeat. And then there's a little subtitle, Edge of Tomorrow. Oh. At the bottom. That was a good movie. I like that movie. I'm a little excited about that. Well, that's the thing. It, uh, they, they went back and uh, apparently showed it to people who had never seen Edge of Tomorrow. They did this whole big uh, retroactive marketing thing where they, they brought groups of people in, showed them the film, asked them what they thought about it, did not tell them the title, and... You know, it was hands down. Everybody loved it, but once they told them it was Edge of Tomorrow, they're like, "That movie that was in the theater a few months ago. How did we not see this?" So uh, it basically they feel that they went with the wrong name for well, a film that it is was a actually really good. Name. Yeah, it's, it really it's is a generic name. But more to it, it looks a lot like that one Oblivion. That they just did Oblivion. I you, which was also really good. You'd be hard yes, pressed that to. Was good too. 
which is also a generic name, and I would get them confused. Right. Wasn't Oblivion very similar to... Wasn't there After Earth or something like that that was very similar in plot? <laughs> They're all, they all have the... The, the tying, uh, very light L. Ron Hubbard smattering of of, of, of Scientology in there, Can of course. Can you smatter L. Ron Hubbard? I think you can't have to Ooh. slather with that Nothing stuff. really smatters. <laughs> anyone can see. Weekend Geek! Yay! So the big hey. bombshell this week. Microsoft has acquired Minecraft and Scrolls maker Mojang for $2.5 billion. While Microsoft will acquire the Swedish company and all of its IP, including Minecraft, on multiple mobile, PC, and console platforms, it will not get access to Notch. Microsoft explains the Notch being the creator of Minecraft. Uh, Microsoft expects the acquisition to break even in uh, 2015. And uh, Microsoft emphasized its announcement this morning that it will continue to support Minecraft across all platforms that it is available today. PC, iOS, Android, Xbox, and PlayStation. But you'll need to update it every two days. <laughs> right. That was a uh, slightly confusing thing. I Michael Pachter had a great little thing about that. How, Is he back? Uh, he's commenting here and there. That's weird with game trailers. Okay. That's, that's a fucked up situation. Although, if you're not watching Mandatory Update, you should be. Really funny show <laughs> on game trailers. Mandatory it's about the only update. show they have left. It's They did get... They, they got a lot of shit weird. Yeah, but that's a funny fucking show. Um... I, uh, they were, came out and said, we plan to break even was the wording they used in 2015. They purchased this thing for 25 billion, 2.5 billion, 2.5, yeah, yeah. 2.5 billion. Of course they are not intending to make 2.5 billion on this property in a year. What they're talking about by the breaking even thing was within the quarter on a, on a projected quarterly basis moving forward. Sure. It will, the money that they've invested looks to make them multiple times more money than they would have made them just sitting in the bank. That's that's essentially what they mean. Yeah, it's it looks like it's going to be making about $350 million uh, a quarter, quarter basically. Yeah, which is, yeah, revenue-generating madness. Uh, according to Phil Spencer, Minecraft is the most popular franchises of all time. We are going to maintain Minecraft and its community in all ways people love today with a commitment to nurture and grow it long into the future. Unquote. Got to build those penises, right? Well, he does. One of the thi- one Someone thing that- has to carry on the dick torch. <laughs> one thing the release <laughs> does not say is where founder Marcus Pearson, the creator of Minecraft, will be after the acquisition. But, and I found this really interesting, a personal note from Notch, who owns around 70% of the company, which makes his share $1.75 billion, I believe, of this, announces that he will be leaving Mojang shortly after the acquisition. Quote, I was at home with a bad cold a couple of weeks ago when the internet exploded with hate against me over some kind of EULA situation, and user agreement situation, that I had nothing to do with. I was confused. I didn't understand, he writes. I tweeted this in frustration. Later on, I watched This Is Phil Fish video on YouTube and started to realize I didn't have the connection to my fans I thought I had. I've become a symbol. I don't want to be a symbol responsible for something huge that I don't understand, that I don't want to work on, that keeps coming back to me. I'm not an entrepreneur. I'm not a CEO. I'm a nerdy computer programmer who likes to have opinions on Twitter. Notch says a couple other things on Notch.net, but closes with a promise to his fans. It's not about money, he writes. It's about my sanity. Mm-hmm. And it just speaks to the really poison atmosphere that's happening right now between... 
fervent fans and the toxic fans versus the content developers. Mm-hmm. Whether that content developer is the programmers themselves or the people who comment or commentate on, pro, uh, on the games themselves. It's some really ugly stuff going on out there right now. Well, and you also have that whole step between you know the developer and the publisher. And then the publisher is the yeah. one that typically writes in all of the legal jargon. Sure, but these independents don't have publishers. Uh, doesn't, doesn't have yeah. a, Well, no, but I mean Mojang doesn't have a publisher. As far as like for the the software itself, they, they self distribute. They, they self distributed. Okay, this was all through them. Yeah, it's uh, there's been a bit of a flashlight shown onto some of the darker crevices of the gamer culture right now, and it's it's pretty gross to look yeah. at. But I know we, that Sega, we all know that, yeah. you guys. But we don't usually dip our toes into that sure. because it's just it's, it's you know you you hear that dumb dro- droning buzz in the background, and you tend to ignore it. But it's kind of coming to the fore right now, and it's a shame. Uh, that it's driving uh, some of the creators out, like just like Phil Fish, he yeah. got he just got sick of it, and more power to him. To and I can't blame him. Yeah, you bring that buzzing up next week when Commander K is here. I, listeners, uh, listen in next week. Commander K here It's going to be interesting when he starts talking about that. Started talking about about the the uh, back and forth between uh, game fans, nerd fans. Ah, yeah. I didn't realize that he was in that. Uh... He uh, he follows it pretty closely. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what's. What's interesting is, are you, any any of you guys watching the Roosevelts right now? No. So it's the Ken Burns special on PBS. It's the it's a fourteen hour I think or sixteen hour. I love hour. his documentary. Oh, it's amazing. So it's all about Teddy Theodore or Teddy. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when, when does he get around uh, to the Intellivision part? Franklin Dale. Franklin Teddy Franklin and Eleanor Roosevelt, and uh, we're pretty much it's all kind of kind of going chronologically, and. We've gone through Teddy's exploits, and he's just a madman, of course. Uh, I mean, a complex individual, but a madman. Did they get to the uh, part about his speech where he was shot? Uh, he talked about when he was uh, on the battlefield on a horseback, and there was a, another soldier down next to him, and uh, he's like, or, you know, a soldier was down cowering, and he's like, you're going to just lie down there and hide when I'm up here on horseback worried about getting shot? Come on, let's... Let's go. And, he, and the guy stood up and got shot immediately. And he said he never felt more alive in his life. <laughs> it was like the greatest moment of his existence. Yeah. But he'd suffered some crazy shit. His wife and, um, and, and his mother died within hours of each other on the same day. Jeez. On Valentine's Day, years and years. You know, it's, 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 take it, apart it's anyone's and, brain. It, yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, so there was a lot of tragedy. A lot of craziness. Uh Anyway, I'm going to make a mess of the statement, but his gist at one of one of the things that he talked about uh, in later years, he was writing um, the opinion of the critic is is means nothing. It is meaningless. It, it it falls to the man who's got dirt on his hands, blood on his face, and scars from actually going out and doing and trying, and of course he will fail. There is no victory that has not had been preceded by failures. There is no, you know, there is no action that there is no action worthy that has not, you know, been endangered by people falling flat on their face. Uh, but 
the glory and the respect belongs to the man who risks, the man who stands up and does, not the person who stands back and says it cannot be done and critiques and all that kind of thing. And that's, that's good. kind of the nature of this entire thing. It's the same as it ever, ever has been. It seems different on the internet because it's such it's a virtual it's so immediate it's so immediate and it's a virtual place right you've got people creating intellectual property literal should i say literal i don't know figurative intellectual property stuff no, that it's, it's no, literal. Literal. Things, yeah. stuff that's it's generated right from the mind right onto the keyboard right it's 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 artistry it's 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 like drawing it's like it's like painting it's it's it, you're using your intuition your mind your mind goes right from it goes right from your brain onto a palette. The palette just happens to be a computer. Right. Right. And so these guys are creating this art and we have a ton of people at home who all have their own palettes and who can also engage in quote unquote painting of their own. And since they are so easily and readily connected to the same activity, they feel more ownership I think they feel more like they're entitled to an opinion because, hey, we can do this too, but they truly can't, yeah. right? That's the whole thing. It's like it, it, it kind of has broken down that border. Uh, yeah, it's been the same thing in all kinds of art forms, but uh, yeah, I, I, I don't comment very often on anything. <laughs> I, I, I think I, that was part of the whole thing that we started uh, the Ugly Couch Show. We made a point to bring only things that we like, only yeah. things that are yeah. worthy only of praise. Only positive reviews. Only positive stuff on the show. Now, here on Geek Shock, we get negative. Sure. But, uh, like, I mean, of course, the infamous uh, going off on Yar's Revenge. <laughs> <laughs> that's as harsh as I've ever been on a video game. Yar's Revenge. I was harsh on the video game, the end product itself. I've certainly, and I think even in my harshness of that, during that time even, I was like, I felt bad for the programmers and the artists sure. who put so much time and effort into that. I have programmer friends, people who have actually worked on these projects. And I think anyone who truly knows an individual that has, with any kind of power, that has worked, I mean, I've even worked, I've dipped a toe into the game industry working sure. for a game company as a little peon run around PA, but still, I got to know artists, I got to know programmers. Those guys work fucking hard. Yes. Anyone who knows those people and truly understands and appreciates that they are artists struggling to put their little piece of vision together with all these other artists. You know, if you you, you got to get some empathy, and I think the internet at large is an empathy-free zone. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was at an airport bar this week, and again, I, again, yeah, and I overheard people, a couple guys talking about, yeah, we're journalists. Da I'm like, my ears pricked up, and I, I barely consider myself a journalist because you know, art school degree, but I'm, right. I'm, I am, you know. Working a paper, but um, I you know I had sort of half listened to them while I was doing some other stuff, and I realized after about five minutes that they were you know anti nuclear activists with a blog, but they were journalists. <laughs> <laughs> right? Anybody anybody that has a blog is a journalist. Is a journalist in their mind. Anybody that has a computer and spends a few hours in a coffee house is a screenwriter. Right? Anybody you know, that, that's the whole thing. Yeah. Right? And and it's it's an unjustified. But it's the problem that we face throughout history, uh, and while Teddy Roosevelt is exactly dead on with it, the flip side of the coin is the danger of it. You get a man like Teddy Roosevelt who does act, who gets out there and, as he said, get action, stay sane. He felt like he just had to be on 
just doing stuff constantly to keep his mind right. And that's the thing. Those without a lot of forethought, those without a lot of consideration for their actions, mm-hmm. go do, suffer some consequences, but do shit, right? Right. Hell or high water, stuff happens. While the thoughtful people sit back. Right. Idiocracy. It, it, this is the thing. It's kind of what it is. The thoughtful people don't scream in public. That's right. The thoughtful, intelligentsia thoughtful, doubts. Thoughtful people do not write in all caps in their, in their <laughs> commentary. That's just it. Intelligentsia doubts. Precisely. The, the, the more educated, the more uh, experienced human being tends to have a lot more doubt inside. Because we know the permutations of reality and the shit that can go wrong. Yeah. But ignorance is bliss, and it leads you to a place of unearned authority often. And those are the voices that you hear on the news. That's why I don't even yeah. listen to any news because it's a, it's just boorish, boorish. That's a good word for it. You know, thought-free yelling. Which is why you read the newspaper every day, and we appreciate I that. I don't, man. I don't look at, I don't look at news at all. <laughs> I read your paper once in a while, man. As I Egon do. Spengler said, print is my, dead. I get my <laughs> news from Reddit. <laughs> right. So bad. Yeah. So, yeah, Microsoft now owns Minecraft, Microcraft. So, who knows what it's going to mean going forward. Microsoft is a business. They, when it starts to not make as much money, they will probably find a way to make more money. Out of it. <laughs> you see that great <laughs> meme going around? You know that fucking paperclip that Microsoft used to have come Clippy, up on yeah. Clippy? So somebody built a giant Clippy in Minecraft. <laughs> and he's got a big thought balloon and says, oh, so I see you're trying to play Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> really good. Uh, that community is amazing. It's really good. Oh, I mean, they're on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're on it. There it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. On, uh, and it could be better. It right. could be some good, fun things added to the game as it goes forward. Mm-hmm. There, there was a funny ad segment on uh, Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me where they brought up Quippy and Paula Poundstone had never heard, never experienced Quippy. And people trying to explain who, what Quippy was to <laughs> yes. Paula Poundstone. That would be hard. <laughs> <I> was, <laughs> that's, yeah. How do you describe an anthropomorphic yeah. paperclip? <laughs> that's pretty tough with eyes that gets in the way. <laughs> Although the thing that does make me nervous about it is looking at what Microsoft did with Rare, the company they bought, and or what they decimated. didn't do with Rare. D- that's exactly. They it. didn't do anything with Rare. Well, they Banjo Kazooie. They they did got that. what? They got nuts and bolts. Nuts and bolts. But everybody, a lot of people hated on that. Right. It's a great. Game. I love yeah. that game. I wish they'd do a sequel because that's as close as we ever got to a re- the kind of Lego game I want. Yeah, you build. You can could, build shit and run it and play yeah. with it, man. But I mean, that's what Minecraft is—is is the Lego game. And Banjo Kazooie was kind of on that same uh, wavelength as far as building and whatnot. Yeah, that's a nuts and bolts, guys. You can find it super cheap. It's a real creative person's dream. It's a, it, it's a real. It, it's flawed for sure, but man. But lo- we had a lot of fun, especially I, multiplayer. Yeah, I real. I still really like that game. That's a, that's one of the better this gener- past generation games. Three sixty. Uh, Banjo Kazooie, nuts and bolts. Um, uh, but yeah, they got the avatar system out of them. Yeah, Rare's the ones that built the the avatars for 360. I don't know if that all carried over for Xbox One. It hasn't. Really? There's no seen, avatars in I Xbox not, One. I don't have. I don't remember seeing a single avatar in Xbox One. Well, I you another mean, reason I'm never going to get an <laughs> Xbox One because I'm Skeletor now. Yeah, you you've you've 
hit your dream. I, it's so good. They got uh, Masters Universe Avatar items. I got to be Skeletor. I'm done. <laughs> That's it. That's I'm it. never going to change. It is. Like, I, I've got my Klingon wardrobe. I've got my The Monarch wardrobe. I've got my Ghostbuster outfit. And I've got my Skeletor outfit. You're I'm, you're just waiting for some fool to open up a Masters of the Universe theme park bar here in town. Oh, forget <laughs> about yeah. it. The movie's coming. I hope it's successful. Mm-hmm. We'll see. We got our final year in. Yeah. By the end of it, I've got way too much He-Man shit. I now have more He-Man stuff here in Vegas than I do back home. And back home, I'm missing the Eternia playset, two vehicles, and about 12 figures from the entire original line. Okay. You have way too much He-Man stuff is what you said. (laughs) I do. Do you have more than two? What? He-Man things. Yes. Then you have then way you have too much ah! He-Man. You ball liquor. <laughs> <laughs> I have more than two He-Man. <laughs> I've got I've got a He-Man. I've got He-Man mint in package from the re-release in 2000. I've got 2000X He-Man mint in package. I've got the classics He-Man mint in package. Plus the open box ones. <laughs> Battle Armor Is He-Man. it a monthly oh, thing dude. where it gives us the inventory? <laughs> <laughs> Weekly. <laughs> I love He-Man, everybody. Masters of the Universe is the what? best. What? Yes. Nobody knows that. It's not the best. A, no, not it's one of our greatest. audience members. Although, although, I'll tell you this. Outside of the original cartoon and the original She-Ra, no other media has done it justice. No. It all, a, a, a few of the original comic books were really cool. Okay. Little mini comics. Sure. A few of those were really great. But for the most, oh my God, the the modern comic book is a big yeah. stinking shit ball. Bad oh news, and the mini comics worse than the cartoon, dude. The cartoon is gold compared to this shit. You, you read that Hordak one off, you want to kill yourself. <laughs> I, honestly, I'm not gonna read it's that the one worst. Off. It's the worst comic I've ever read. I'm not gonna. I, I couldn't believe it. It's the worst comic book I've ever read. Was it just so against the character? Yeah. Okay. It's just stupid. It was trying to make this connection between Zodak and Hordak. I'm like, fuck you. I don't know what he just said. Yeah. I don't either. (laughs) Dumbest thing ever. Zodak, the cosmic enforcer, the guy who nobody knew whose side he was really on. He's kind of like Uatu the Watcher. Okay. Right? Yeah. You know Uatu the Watcher. We know Marvel, bald, big bald guy watches yes. everything, right. does not interfere. Zodak is Blue the same thing. Of the moon. Yes, Zodak is the same thing. He's the cosmic enforcer. He plays both sides a little bit. He tries to keep the balance between the dark and the light side because, you know, Eternia is divided in half. Half of it's light, half of it's dark. He's one of these guys that goes around making sure that everything is still in check. But you don't know exactly where his priorities lie. He leans more to the good guys more and more now. But... The fact that they were trying to make him and Hordak brothers or something was really stupid. And Andy just decloaked one over there. It so seems up. like there's fart yeah. action over he, here. He, leaned, he, he just gave you an ugly couch. <laughs> Preemptive swipes oh, right look here. Out. It's going right. to smell like the fucking... What else is going that's on? That's the unhappiest place that's on what earth. It, if that's what it takes to get the He-Man dog done. <laughs> Get <laughs> the fart. <laughs> Just don't read the fucking Hordak one off, whatever you do. End, the fart ending. All right. Surprised you haven't ended up on Toy Hunter. It's all your shit. That's but he's not selling. He doesn't want to sell. My shit. That, that's because as much shit as he's got, there are people that have way more. 
that have true. been on Toy Hunter. I said, you get, when you get into mind. prototypes and things like that, when we went to PowerCon, man, with the He-Man convention, oh yeah, we saw it all. He's amateur. And I mean, all <laughs> to everybody. Yeah. I, my my old when I worked at the comic shop, my manager, his entire he had a bedroom that was about the size of probably a little bigger than this room here, and it was just wall to wall shit. And I thought I'd seen somebody with a toy collection. Then I saw Paul's room. <laughs> and Paul's room doesn't have all of his stuff on display nope, either. That's right. the sad thing. This guy had a lot of weird stuff. He had a lot. Of, he was like a big superhero figure collector, and this okay. was this was. 85 or 86. Okay. So we had a lot of like weird like European versions of the Falcon and stuff like that. I mean, it's just, oh, okay. Yeah. True collector. Yeah. The announcement that Legendary Pictures, a studio that's already handling the reboot of the Godzilla franchise, would be returning to King Kong with the 2016 prequel Skull Are Island. Are going to Hong Kong? Yes. Is he going to play ping pong with his ding dong? He better. You haven't played Munchkin Fu, have you? It was one of the surprises <laughs> from 2014 no. in San Diego Comic-Con. Legendary announced that Thor, the Avengers, and Crimson Peak star Tom Hiddleston has joined the film as its lead. Legendary also announced the film will be directed by Jordan (laughs) Voigt-Roberts, a filmmaker best known for his coming-of-age drama, The King of Summer. Low King Kong? Low King Kong. For TV work on shows like MTV, Monster Hunting, mockumentary, Death Valley, Comedy Central series, Mashup, and the new uh, FX comedy, You're the Worst. This will be his first big budget film ever. So is okay. King Kong going to be a metrosexual? Is that the whole deal? I think so. That's, that's <laughs> go, go, go back there. Describe how what they, how they describe Tom Hiddleston. The oh, they just said that he the was, He's the lead of the film. No, no. He's what was, King Kong. What, they described him as being from some movie? No, no. The director, the part that you missed, oh, that the, okay. the, the director did a coming-of-age drama. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I thought you were describing Hiddleston, Hiddleston as anybody but Loki. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> Loki's been his breakout role for sure, but now oh, he's going to damn good in that commercial. Stretch out and become uh, Jag, King Kong. Jag commercial, yeah. What, Jag commercial. Oh, he's in the Jaguar. Yeah, yeah, as the bad guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. or as the one of the many ba- British bad guys. Yes. Yeah, it's a good, good commercial. Mm-hmm. Love that car. CBS beat out a few others to lock in a pilot order for the things they left behind, a supernatural procedural <laughs> drama. Based on Stephen King's short story of the same name. There's already a triple X parody. <laughs> the things they left in my behind. <laughs> the series <laughs> is being developed by I'll Greg. I'll give you a hint. It was jizz. <laughs> oh, it's better than I was going. Good. <laughs> Where are you going? Oh. <laughs> he, man. Oh. <laughs> 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 You've killed Famous Paul. I he said he was the most powerful man in the universe. I had to be sure. I can't. He, are you stronger than my ass sphincter muscles? Honey, I can't find my 2003 He-Man with the with the gold tint. It's up my butt. <laughs> That's where that sun what? sword went. Yep. The series is being developed by Greg Berlanti, who I does Arrow. the polyps. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Oh, ow. Oh, 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 that He-Man figure is stomping through the vineyard of my ass grapes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is not good. <laughs> Talk about your low-hanging fruit. Youch. Oh, the pain. Oh, the juice. You thought you had an enlarged prostate, but yeah, apparently you have a small just, widget stuck up your butt. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my God. <laughs> 
that's no prostate. That's the most powerful man in the universe. <laughs> Punch your proctologist across the room. Swash. Swam. Oh. <laughs> Power punch. <laughs> what a visual. <laughs> the series is being developed by Greg Berlanti, who did Arrow, Seth Graham Greene, who did a- Abraham Lincoln, Vampire Hunter. He did Abraham Lincoln? Well, yeah. Lucky dog. Get in line. Graham Smith wrote the pilots, and Berlanti will help guide the overall arc, assuming the network places the series order. The pilot will follow, quote, an unlikely pair of investigators carrying out the unfinished business of the dead, unquote. According to the deal, behind, the deal the network has made, they'll face the stiff penalty if they don't pick up the series. The original Things They Left Behind is set in the aftermath of 9-11. It was originally published in 2003 as part of the Stephen King short story compilation, Transgressions, Volume 2. Okay. Fox has given a put-pilot commitment to Lucifer. From Californication creator, executive producer Tom Capinos, and DC Comics siblings Warner Brothers TV, which is behind all DC-themed TV projects. Uh, It is based on the Vertigo comic book characters. The TV series, written and executive produced by Capinos, centers on Lucifer, who, bored and unhappy as the Lord of Hell, resigns his throne and abandons his kingdom for the gorgeous, shimmery insanity of Los Angeles, where he opens an executive, an exclusive piano bar called Lux. Because it's the city of angels, get it? In addition to Lucifer, chief creative You're officer... You're reading way too much into this, Andy. Lucifer <laughs> <laughs> was a light bringer. It's a good comic Angel. book. I know. I know, you got He whole, was the morning star. Yeah, you got the he whole... He was the, the God's favorite. You get the whole Hellspawn parents thing. I, I know how it goes down. I've lived that life. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, the Lion City of Angels is going to appear in that pilot five or six times. You think? Oh, yeah. It already did an angel, didn't There's it? There's a city yeah. of angels. Yeah. Everybody loves the city of angels. Hey, everybody. I'm Lucifer. Welcome to my piano bar, Lux, which is short for Lucifer. But nobody will be the wiser to that, even though the place has flames all over it. Slap schmo. Hello. Hello, and you welcome to hell. I hope you like it in hell. Burning hell. It turns out that Los Angeles is the city of angels. But I'm the devil. But I was also an angel. Hey. I like how Jeff is just nonchalantly eating Twizzlers. <laughs> just slowly shaking his head. So basically, this is the high stakes version of the bar in, uh, in Angel. Right. Yeah. yeah. It sounds exactly yeah. like what's his nuts place who died of cancer sad. Warren. Yeah. Lorne. Right. Yep. Hey, hey, you remember that part in uh, Angel that was good? Let's use that as a whole show. Okay. I would have watched that show. Right. I, well, you're going to have to watch this one now. I don't remember the comic book well enough to know what predates what. Oh, I'd say, well, did Lucifer come and do a bar? I think he did. Okay. Then I don't know. Yeah. It probably beat. It probably outdates Angel. Probably. Ain't nothing new under the sun. We all know this. Completely original idea. All the same, though, the TV version will probably be like the angel thing. Yeah. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it's going to be exactly that. They should bring back that actor to do that part. Oh. With probably... <laughs> <laughs> with, a dash of, with a dash of the uh, booth at the back, probably. The, bo- the, the booth at the back? The booth at the what? Isn't that called booth at the back? With the devil who makes deals with people in that... that uh, uh, I don't, 50s I don't diner. Know this. I don't and then he called Booth in the Back. 
Oh, I, I don't know, know about yeah, this either. The devil sits in the booth in the back of his 50s diner and people come in. And it's also sort of like 100 bullets. Okay. So people come back to the booth in the back and uh, he's like, hey, we're going to help you with. And like, oh, I lost the love of my life. And he's like, okay, well, you can have love of your life, but you got to kidnap this kid and stick it in a closet for 18 days. Oh, like, he, like yeah, yeah, yeah he's like, like, okay, and and he does that shit. And then, but the thing is, like, it's all told in the diner. It's a very low budget kind of indie project, and then it's just the people coming back and the ramifications of what's been going on. And like, you know, and then this other, then the woman comes up and is like, "Oh, I lost my baby. Yeah, I bet it's got stolen and stuck into a closet somewhere." Like, oh, I don't, God, I hope that's not the case. Yeah, well, what can I do for? What do you want from me? Well, I want my baby back. It sounds okay. fun to me. Well, you can have him back, but you gotta uh, cut the brakes on an eighteen wheeler at this time and date. Like, okay, I'll do it. Like I, that's the kind. Of, like that's what it is. And so they they all make these deals. Where, with the was devil. this a TV show or a movie? I or think a book? it's on Netflix, and it's on. I think it's on the, the web. It was a web series for a while, and then it became a a, a, a TV show. Okay. I don't think it's ever been on broadcast television. I, I am intrigued. I do want to see Netflix. this show. Yeah, Booth at the Back, I believe it's what it's called. Hmm. And it's, uh, it's the devil back there making deals with people. I like deal with the devil people. stories. Well, then you'll like Booth at the Back. I'm going to so booth it. I only you made know, it through about three episodes and I was like, this is stupid. Is it in Georgia? Devil went down in Georgia? Uh, no. I don't think so. He, he's not looking for a soul to steal. Do you know uh, Randy Newman? Fiddle, fiddle Randy, of gold. Randy, Randy Newman's Newman. the devil? No, Randy Newman wrote a uh, <laughs> musical version of Faust. <laughs> Yeah, he, he never produced it. But I'll the, never sell you my soul. I won't do it. Hell, he produced it as a CD. No business. Hell, people got no business. How I love much? Hell yeah. You're really, you're really not far off. But the, the final song. How much song? for that soul in the window? Tell me, hey, hey. <laughs> The final song is, is I'm going to Las Vegas. That's the final song. The final of song it? is the big Las Vegas song. Yep. I don't want to see this musical. Because that's where the devil lives, according to Stephen King. Boop a doop. In addition Lady to found an apple, oh, stuck it in her pocket. <laughs> now she's gonna yeah. bite it. She chews it once, twice. <laughs> she finally swallowed. Yeah. Takes a good long look at Randy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I had good stuff. I had a Randy Newman greatest hits thing playing in my car. My kids that's watched. just one song over and over, right? <laughs> See, yeah, that's that's the joke. Randy Newman has a long, has a wide range. Oh, but uh, yeah, he's got a, he's there, got a long wide range. There's right. a whole section when he wrote nothing but songs as the idiot narrator about racism. Uh, so it's like Randy Newman saying the N word over and over and over again. <laughs> and I'm playing it. My kids are going, what the hell are we listening to? <laughs> like, you are listening to the soundtrack of Buzz Lightyear. <laughs> you are listening to Buzz Lightyear's internal monologue. <laughs> he wrote, he wrote you a know, song it'd be really fun to do some really gross juxtaposition of those songs and some Toy Story yeah, visuals. That would be good. <laughs> uh, he wrote this, this really beautiful song called Sail Away that's, that's basically this you know the white guys trying to talk the the africans into going under the slave ship oh my goodness <laughs> <laughs> i gotta listen to this yeah uh also addition to lucifer chief creative officer of dc entertainment jeff johns uh tweeted a link to a wall street journal article revealing plans for a teen titans television show the project is said to be close to a deal with tnt quote what the television the fuck is wrong with dc <laughs> The television they, series—they're going to be—they're going to bankrupt themselves. You think so? They're just too much. At Gotham once? is going to be a shit. Okay. You is have, Arrow making them oh, yeah. any money? Arrow is doing them well. Uh, yes. We're going to get back to that later, right? 
Yes. Okay. Uh, the television series would be more uh, would closely resemble the popular '80s comic called New Titans. It featured a twenty-something version of Robin, who changes moniker to Nightwing, as well as the new heroes Starfire, Raven, and Cyborg. The uh, article also notes Akiva Goldsman and Mark Hames will be writing the pilot. Uh, Goldman has been writing, uh, working on the adaptation of The Dark Tower, which has been stuck in development for years, but was also previously attached to a Teen Titans film project. He's also written Batman Forever, Batman and Robin, A Beautiful Mind, and is currently working on a sequel to Divergent called Insurgent. I mean, TNT <laughs> does some pretty good television, so I mean, it's possible this could be a good series. If but it's done well. Do you have Gotham News in there, too? No. Uh, I just saw somewhere that um, uh, um, Carol Kane is uh, been high, is, is playing uh, Penguin's mother, and it's the first thing that made me want to watch it. Hmm. Well, definitely watch it, just got out of curiosity. I don't expect it to be great. I'm not excited about it at all. But we'll see. And maybe I love, they'll... If it's I love done my, well. I love my Batman lore. I love my Batman lore. I just... There's nothing about that series that has made me go... Oh, okay. That's something well, I want to watch. Will your Batman war compelling. be improved by Teen Joker? <clears throat> teen the Joker. Well, well, that's just it. It's Ooh, not. Yeah. Look it's, out. It's a Teen Joker. They've already <laughs> basically said. Teen Joker have a green head as a barbecue. <laughs> teen Joker wear a flower. Also have a big shoes. He going through awkward <laughs> growth phase. Teen Joker laugh in horror. A teacher worry. Teen Joker have a trouble. He go guidance counselor kill him. <laughs> teen Joker unstoppable. <laughs> teen Joker stronger as a teen as is a adult. Same joke, different body. Teen Joker adolescent. Pubescent, Teen Joker, uh, horny on the Friday. <laughs> the producers have already basically what said, as far as Joker is concerned, <laughs> in Gotham, that it's like you'll see several characters that quote could be the Joker, right, but there's a back. lot of red herrings in there. It's Teen like, Joker it have a red hair in this show, not a green. <laughs> Was Teen there Joker. anything I said in the way I said Teen Joker <laughs> that led to Japan? <laughs> Or did you just have a stroke that put into the Japan part of your brain? I'm going with stroke. Is this a... Is this one the teen joker going to be the adult joker? Who knows? Look at this guy. He pray with the praying card. That make him a scene of Maraca Joker, but he have the red hair. Ooh, look at this guy. He go out with a girl named Harry Queen. Could that be the teen joker? Harry Quinn? Harry Queen. No, I've seen those Harry Quinns. <laughs> she need to shave her Harry Queen. He needs a bike shorts. <laughs> bike shorts. <laughs> teen Joker. Who is a real Joker? Who is not the Teen Joker? This Teen Joker, he say, Ooh, <laughs> but is he lives laugh or is a record on the phone? Drink the bottle, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Which is good. a Joker? That was pretty good. You know, I got to say, at the beginning of the show, you said that, that the Mountain Dew throwback... <laughs> Was your go-to? I'm still waiting for the funny to kick in. I can't get that funny when we're talking about what is probably going to be one of the worst shows in television history. Uh, We've never stopped you before. No, <laughs> worse than Auto Man. 
great. <laughs> I loved Auto Man. I enjoyed the Street Hawk. You did. I'd be afraid uh, of watching Hawk. it now. Yeah, that'd be shit now, right? Oh, Isn't it, that crazy how terrible. shit these fucking things I, are. I think I've said I, this before. I told you I'm watching. I'm going I through a Miami did, Vice phase. Yeah. It's racist and crazy. It's amazing. <laughs> I actually did see Auto Man recently. They had like early morning. They had like six or seven episodes on Sci-Fi. Yeah, really. It, it, I was just. I, it's been so many years. I was like, oh, okay, I'll I'll watch it. Holy shit, that is 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 totally totally dated. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I you mean, think? dated when it came no, out, but like like really bad, like. Because like, he basically is wearing a Tron outfit with yeah. none of the enhancements. And, and Cursor, the little little yep. the little It's basically bit, Tron. Bit that, yeah. It was basically Tron, Which but in the real world. So it was like Tron right. in the real world. We're and like, yay, he could... Tron. But then we're like, wait, this isn't Tron. This but he had a shit. fast car. <laughs> Did the car have and and shit Desi on Arnaz it Jr. Right. is in there. That's why I always thought I always thought when it's so Desi Arnaz Jr., I was like, is that Auto Man? No. And I was like, no, it's his dumb sidekick who's always giving him shit. The here suit. Desi two, Arnaz two Jr. is guy. the guy that yeah, created. He's two feet tall. The program that became Auto Man right. and Auto Man. Yeah, he's Flynn. Yeah. Did it's, he ever yeah. say Babalu though? He should have said Babalu. Yeah, he says no, it all the time. Didn't say twice Babalu. every episode. No. <laughs> <laughs> That's his whole thing. Yeah, Auto Man, come in, Auto Man. Babalu. <laughs> Auto Man, come in, Babalu. That's how he signaled him. He had the the, bab- the Babalu Auto Man signal. I don't know what's worse. Cursor. Yeah. There's a Babalu signal going. Uh, what was the 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 kid the, the Turbo Teen, the kid that became the car, the, the cartoon. cartoon. Oh, that Whenever was horrible he got hot too. Liquid poured on it. Yeah, or no, anytime oh, his body hot. temperature. Yeah, and they're always the one episode where they they keep trying to turn him into Turbo Teen because he's he can't he can't get hot and they're like throwing hot water and stuff on it. Oh God, that was horrible. We've all had those performance problems. <laughs> and, <laughs> but you know what? That might have been the inspiration between, behind Ranma One Half. Rumiko, a young Rumiko Takahashi might have somehow seen an episode of Turbo Teen and been like, oh. Frankie was watching this mermaid, kind of mermaid superhero show. And this is a couple years ago when she was younger. But I, I did nothing but mock it. Show? Well, they're not really superheroes, but they were mermaids <laughs> with powers. Well, sounds like. What, were <laughs> yeah. they Barbies? No, they were like like Australian girls, which you know I, I would walk in while she was watching. Go have they have they told somebody else about what the power was all yet? You know, so I would come up with that. I would I would make the accent worse every time. <laughs> terrible, oh. terrible Australian dad. Yeah, but it was, <laughs> no, it was look at those mermaids. They're all down under the water. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It went, it went, look at them. They're gonna drown. They better get back up and get a little breath of air. Yeah, they were Australian girls, mermaids. and they uh, they they went to I some know, enchanted pool terrible. and ended up with like. Power, weird power. An enchanted team. pool. Yes, <gasps> that's and a that's Rumiko Takahashi. Well, there you go. That's Rama one half. But all the pools of the dead critters that you fall into and get your curse. But they would turn into mermaids whenever they went into water or get hit by water. They turned so into mermaids. Turned into mermaids. Turned into mermaids. <laughs> turned into mermaids. Turned into mermaids. You just got another oh, another fetish for Paul. Changed it forever. Turned I just turned into mermaids. You know what? Be you know what you never see is mermaids floating around with those fucking goldfish eight foot long. <laughs> Uh, poop trails hanging out the no. back. Uh, everybody likes the yeah, Everybody no. likes to romanticize the mermaids, mermaids but you know they have mermaids those, those fucking no, no, no. brown ropes they, just trailing. They, they poop like hippos. Oh, <laughs> it's a big cloud, and they will swim their tail. Under the sea. Coincidentally, guess who's <laughs> <I am. laughs> what? 
coincidentally, guess who saw Hippo Poop this week? <laughs> oh, yeah. You got it free with that wristband. The last, oh, yeah. The last circus hippo. <laughs> they used to have hippos in circuses, and the last one alive, I saw it when I was on vacation. Mm, what did they make them do? They pull carts and shit. <laughs> Were they hungry? Oh, yeah. <laughs> In I'm surprised only marvels. Are very dangerous. In only slightly sadder news, actor Richard Keel died on Wednesday oh, afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Terrible. At a hospital in Fresno, California, the 70-year-old Keel was perhaps best known as Jaws, the hulking assassin with a mouthful of deadly steel teeth in two 007 adventures, The Spy Who Loved Me from 1977 and Moonraker from 1979. Richard Keeled over. Don't forget Happy Gilmore. Right. He wasn't Happy Gilmore. He was right. great in Happy Gilmore. Seventy is a is an old age for a man that tall. Tall people. Tall You're right. Like, he was just at the con too. Uh, tall people in, got no reason. Yeah, it's true. In July. It, it puts a lot of strain on him. It's like yeah. uh, Andre the Giant. Yeah. How tall was he? Eight foot five. No. He, yeah, he was like ten was foot seven. Seven. <laughs> seven foot something. Yeah, he was like he was like twelve foot three. Yeah, that's what I heard. That's what. That. At last count, I because mean, because he, he had that thing where you keep growing. Yeah. So I think he I think he's going to be buried in a record you're, you're 14 foot trees. You'd be, be down in the, yeah, uh, right. be down the No, trees. You're thinking of trees. <laughs> yeah, a tree. He'd be at the public pool in the diving board and his shoulders are up over the side where the diving boards you're are. You're going to bury him in a public pool cuz that's he's yeah, so long. That's all you get. We're going to put him in one of the lanes, one of the race lanes, <laughs> yeah. an Olympic size. Don't pool. use that one. He's still too big. They had to crunch up his legs. They had to, he had to sit Indian what style. What are you guys talking about? Bury. <laughs> bury? You're not going to bury his guy. What are you going to do with him? Mount him, stuff him. Bury, Stretch huh? him over fiberglass. Bur- bur- Mount him, then bur- stuff him. him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what is this word, bury? You're let's let's bury him. <laughs> Throw him in a burr bush. That's where you put him on a burrow and send him down to the... Uh, put him on a burrow? <laughs> <laughs> Stick his poor body on a burrow. Would that be and good? then just send it off to wander That'd the earth. That'd be pretty wild, right? To have... To have uh, that'd be Richard a crazy... Cur- riding Richard Keel down the Grand Canyon? <laughs> well, just... <laughs> just this... <laughs> <laughs> Strap your carcass to a burrow <laughs> and just send it off. And just have people take care of the burrow, but for the rest of your <laughs> you're just rotting days, you're just of you. all falling off of a burrow. <laughs> there it goes. There it goes. There you go. There's the pale Every rider. Year. Every year we see him cross this way. Cursed to walk the earth <laughs> that poor, on the back of a burrow. That poor burrow. But it's a well fed burrow. I wouldn't curse that burrow to that. Uh, uh. In art school, we had a skeleton Don't that we draw from. What? Yeah. <laughs> oh, what would you draw out of him? We just we just draw the <laughs> blood. But yeah. the, the can't get blood from poo. a skeleton. That mermaid poo. <laughs> but the skeleton was like a former student. It was like an alumni. <gasps> oh wow! It had a name. We knew its name. I can't remember what it was now. But was it Skeleta? <laughs> it was. It was like Bob. Bob <laughs> Skeleton. Bob the skeleton. Yeah. Did it still have its wiener? <laughs> His last wish, draw me. Did it still have its wiener? Despite the word boner, there really is no bone in there. You really need to get your anatomy books. <laughs> Somebody stole this poor drawing mannequin's wiener. <laughs> it's even worse the year they that put the dildo on it. every class and be like, yeah. And like, what happened to its wiener? I can't draw the skeleton. It's got no wiener. Somebody puts a dildo in his hip. Did, it, did people put dildos in his hips? No, but I, I mean... Uh, now, now we're into art school. The, the funny thing about drawing the nude is that freshman girls either like avoid the crotch entirely in the drawing guys, or draw it in exquisite detail. <laughs> There's no in between. Right. <clears throat> they avoid. The, they don't draw it at all. They're embarrassed they to draw it, it, or they draw it in great detail. Man, <clears throat> a Kendall. 
We'd had we had nudes in my art class. Okay, great time. <laughs> uh, good story. Good story. story. A lot more for that one. We had nudes in my art class. I yep. apparently uh, never took the right art class. Now, if you told me they had nudes, yeah, you must if they told not. me I had nudes in your accounting class, I'd be impressed. Uh, I wish. <laughs> Draw uh, this watermelon. Gives abacus a whole new meaning. <laughs> oh yeah, that's an abacus. Baby. Yeah, look at that. Look at the abacus on her. A boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom, ba boom. <laughs> Count it up, boys. That's right. <laughs> And while I was in Kelsey Smart School, pubic hair does go gray. <laughs> pubic hair oh, does wow. go gray. This was since, high school? Says the, the Paleolithic oh, man. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, high school as well, but it was an art class. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Today. Count September. Up, boys. Were you telling a story? Were you reading something? Oh, I finished. Pubes. That's all that was it. It's going to be the day that they're going to throw it back to you. <laughs> New day, that is September 16th. Toy giant Hasbro and production company Sweet Pea Entertainment head to court in the hopes of settling once and for all who's got the D&D rights, who can therefore sell those rights to a major studio to begin production on a new Dungeons & Dragons film. <laughs> yeah, because last one did so well. Well, they just got to hurry up before the Wayans get too old. <laughs> oh, well, as now, long as they have, uh, oh, crap, Medea. But that's not the interesting part. The results of the <laughs> trial. My D and D. My D and D. My D and D. This summer, brought to you by. There's a whole new role player. by Tom Stoppard. I don't know what this family thinks it's doing in this dungeon, but I'm gonna tell it what it's doing from now on. That's right. Medea's back, larping all the way. I cast magic missile, motherfucker! Magic missile! Magic missile! Medea's magic missile. I don't know what they told you in archer school, but you are barely a paladin. <laughs> On a good day. Get out of here, yo wizard! Wouldn't it be get it right out of her? Get out of y'all! Her? Get out of her! <laughs> <laughs> Medea. <laughs> Some Jeff hears all the time. Get out of her. <laughs> you gotta stop going around opening doors, Jeff. Hey, <laughs> Jeff. It's a hey, hobby. Jeff, random peeper. <laughs> Get out of her. What are you looking for? <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm just 80s Jeff. I'm just looking. I just like to look at stuff. Just walks around the big flashlight, tapping on windows. Tap, tap, tap. Hey, hey, hey what's going on there? <laughs> I'm not an authority figure or anything. We'll see. We'll see what's up. Okay. I'm I'm satisfied. <laughs> Got her. Oh, sorry. I won't bother. <laughs> Would you rather I knock? Usually that scares dogs. Why are there dogs in there? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Got her. Medea returns to the dungeon, only to find her wizard cape has been stolen. Who stole my wizard cape? Never mind your wizard cape. Where's those wizard sleeves come from? <laughs> <laughs> Medea's magical wizard sleeve. <laughs> Ooh, if I run fast enough, girl, it's going to whistle and scream. <laughs> 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 oh wow. Wow. Magic missile. <laughs> it hurt. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> so the results of this trial, <laughs> though may determine much more than the owner of the rights, it could also give us a new definition of copyright of infringement <laughs> in Hollywood <laughs> and change what production companies and studios call a sequel. Last February, a U.S. district judge ruled that Warner Brothers, who hired a screenwriter to write a spec script called Chainmail for D&D, is in violation of the Copyright Act, quote, even in the absence of a final script or film. Warner Brothers is not actually being sued by Hasbro, but the judge ruled that a spec script violated Hasbro's rights and constituted intermediate copying as part of determining whether Sweet Pea was contributing to copyright infringement or working with Warners on the project. Crazy. With this ruling in this, on the script in mind, the issue isn't just whether Sweet Pea was participating in a D&D film, which they had no right to do, but whether developing a script to a property you don't own is copyright infringement, even if that script is never made public and you eventually intend to buy the rights. Ugh. So, depending on how this case works fan out, fiction. right? Exactly as I'm thinking. Marvel, Marvel could hypothetically be in hot water for writing a Spider-Man film script and keeping it in a drawer while Sony still holds the fighter, oh, Spider-Man film rights. That's gross. So that's what's happening. They today. need to. This is gross. Don't let of only terrible films cause this terrible shit. This is the worst. Ah, oh, I'm so sad. So, yeah, I'll be watching how this one pans out. That's terrible. Stop yeah. it with the lawyering. Ugh. They're destroying everything. Yeah, so that uh, that stand script you have in your in your back pocket, that's copyright infringement. Thankfully, that is actually a Michael Stipe <laughs> retrospective. It's okay. <laughs> if you, you, if you change the names, you can make it into Fifty Shades of Gray. What's this? If you change the names, you can make it into Fifty Shades of Gray. You're that's good. true. Yeah, you're right. That's exactly right. it. Changed. Names and places, man. Michael Stipend. So what happens from now on? Do they just start putting placeholder names in the scripts with it being intended to be Well, this one was called Chainmail. No, I, I got it. But, I mean, just, you know, even if you don't directly call it, you know, the property that that you intend it to be and put a placeholder yeah, name in it. Yeah, because exactly right. If, if, if you fill it with nothing but placeholder names, how can you possibly argue that this is a sure. possible... Yeah, if you, Well, this like, is bordering on thought crime at this point. Yeah, yeah that's, that's, so that's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, it's so like, stupid. Because they didn't call it D&D. They called it Chainmail. Oh, they got to throw so, this shit out. They got to throw this so, shit so how out. So could, how could that judge rule that it was copyright infringement when, you know... Yes, it's similar to the property, but it wasn't calling Someone that property. Someone gave him out. thousands well, of dollars. Well, is even, what I'm even that's the briefcase. Here well, you that's go. just it. Even so, even if it is Dungeons and Dragons, right? If it's something that is not published, that is not even in or, creation, or even generates any revenue, right? Yeah, I cannot. So, where is the? Yeah, exactly. Where is the copyright being infringed? That's that's what I don't get about that ruling at all that makes absolutely no, no sense it's that weird part where they <clears throat> when you're watching baseball and they describe you know, no uh descriptions can be uh does anybody know the yeah oh uh no part of the broadcast or descriptions of this progress may be right used without the consent i've always wondered about the whole descriptions of the broadcast like what you can't right. talk about it right everybody talks about but baseball journalists are allowed to do that because that's the uh the reporting exclusion where they can actually describe all the events of the game, but since they are not directly generating, you know, a profit from 
that and they are actually reporting on the game itself. So where would that be that. exclusionary? Would that be in, say, a television script which talks about what happened on an episode of Shark Week? Yeah, I know. That's 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 that weird. They're retroactively going to sue the Mazes of Monsters guys. Right. Well, they deserve it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> kind of. Alan Moore, Knows one the of the score. most acclaimed and, most less. and influential comic book writers, has over the past eight years been working on his massive second novel, <laughs> I knew you were going to laugh, Jerusalem. Uh, like Moore's first novel, the time-spanning 1996 release, Voice of the Fire, Jerusalem is set in his hometown of Northampton. It was always intended to be a huge exploration of his own family's past that also merges different genres, fantasy elements, times, dimensions, literary styles. But perhaps even Moore didn't realize just how huge the novel would be until he finished it. Moore's daughter, Leah, announced via Facebook on Tuesday that the first draft of the book was done and that finishing it was was now simply, quote, a matter of copy editing more than a million-word document. Unquote. Oh my goodness. Holy shit. As The Verge notes, that's more than twice the length of The Lord of the Rings. And as The Guardian notes, that's 200,000 more words longer than the Bible. And nearly double the length of any novel most of us think of as really long novels. Uh, Tolstoy's War and Peace being one. Sheesh. So, yeah, that's. Alan Moore wrote a million word novel. How long does it stand? It's at least double the stand, over double the stand. Wow. Yeah. It's. Because yeah. that's that's shorter than War and Peace. You got uh, Infinite Jest is one of those that's ranks that up there huge. in the big big book territory. Thousand pages, two hundred thousand words longer than the Bible. I guess Alan although Moore. a lot of those Bible chapters are just who big at who, and those are kind of sure. You but skip those are those. Th- but that's not skipping those. <laughs> I guess Alan. Moore that's why wasn't. you're going to hell, Andy, because you skipped the begats. <laughs> I guess Alan Moore wasn't satisfied with just being a huge part of Paul's 12 Days of Nerdmas. That's right. <laughs> Five autographed copies of the Watchmen signed by Alan Moore. Earlier this week, the Alamogordo City Council, that's uh, Alamogordo, New Mexico, voted 7-0 to zero to sell the 800 Atari games excavated as part of the Xbox Entertainment Studios documentary on Atari's video game Graveyard earlier this year. The city council plans to auction off at least half of the 800 Atari games on eBay and on the council's website. The games are currently under the watch of the Tularosa Basin Historical Society and being stored at the New Mexico Museum of Space History in the Alamogordo. In Alamogordo. Uh, Joe Ludansky, I hope, the dig site supervisor, told Reuters that the decision by the council to auction more than half the games was like watching a phoenix rising from the desert. It was like the beginning, end and new beginning for the video game industry when we found those games, he added, noted that the sale should begin in about two weeks and be over before Christmas. He also added the city will keep some of the remaining copies as mementos, with the rest being donated to museums around the world, quoting, we already heard from the Museum of Rome, which has a section for video games, he said. I love, cool. I love the concept of under the watch. I like the idea of Cletus sitting there in the Alamogordo <laughs> Historical does. Society with his shotgun. <laughs> Don't you go back towards that room there. <laughs> you looking for some ETs? Is that what you're doing? Uh, I just want No, I'm just just, let's pip, let's just, let's peeking, just peeking in. I just peek in. Get out of here! <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. Just 80s Jeff. Just, I just look around and shit. <laughs> Get out of here! Don't you come back. <laughs> Is that <No>. it? <laughs> That's it for that one. Although they did have uh, this last week at the expo, 
that documentary being shown. Microsoft was there showing that. And they gave away T-shirts with the picture of the Atari 2600 ET mm-hmm. and the coordinates of the Alamogordo nice. dig oh, site. Nice. So I saw a few of those and was very jealous because no one was movie? selling them. No, I got to go on Sunday where nothing was happening. Uh, Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. I Absolutely see, nothing. I got to see Gamer yeah. Age, uh, which is a good documentary out there. Check it out. Look it up online. Gamer Age. I did buy one that they were showing there, the Space Invaders in Search of Lost Time, which tells the history of the arcade and goes into Where how... Where was this for sale? Uh, I found it the uh, television Aries table had them. Fucking shit. If I'd seen that, I'd have bought that shit in a heartbeat. And it goes into Who how earns? those arcades go went into people's basements creating their own arcades. Oh, fuck. I didn't see this at all. And, and, you and you missed it when it won awards at the Nevada Film Festival in 2012. Man. Well, I just got to go find one online because I need a copy of that. That's the kind of movie I need to own. Goddamn, I got to get me a copy of that fucking... Uh, 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 oh, oh, God. Rock Fire Explosion. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. That, that is movie is gone. It costs crazy money now. Oh, the movie. You I can get you, it. You I, can, I, I thought you wanted to get a set of the. Like, can like, you still watch it on I Netflix? I thought you wanted to get you Fats can, no, and Duke LaRue. No, it's yeah, not, it's on, not Netflix. on Netflix You can anymore. download it for a fee online, but I want a, I want a physical copy. So I, I don't think they're even selling the DVD anymore. Because, no, they're not. Uh, I mean, it, it, it's on eBay and it's crazy money. I tried to buy it hmm. like right after I saw it on Netflix and I couldn't find it. Nope. Even like Amazon didn't have I any used Rock copies. Fire Explosion. It's so good. That documentary is great. I discovered Rockefeller Explosion just as I turned drinking age. So I spent a lot of time drinking, eating pizza, and watching a big gorilla play. Right. I bet you would love that. That'd I forgot that they served beer. Oh, at, yeah. And they served at the showbiz beer pizza too. place. I, I mean, obviously, wasn't old enough to drink it, but I just, it didn't dawn you on weren't? me. They, yeah, they had pitchers of beer, right? Didn't yeah, they, they sell did. it by the pitcher? Pitcher. That's what kept that was the, the adults, adults there. sane while the kids were. Going fucking nuts. <laughs> they have beer at Chuck E. Cheese, but it sucks and there's not big enough. There's not enough to blunt Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> you can't drink enough to blunt Chuck that e. noise. Chuck E. Cheese is the worst. You know, I yes, it is. Really, awesome. I I used to love when when I was a kid. We used to go to visit my grandparents in the Kansas City area. Okay, after because I we moved to Wichita when I was about three, so. When we would go up there, they actually had a showbiz pizza up there. Okay. Because we didn't have one in Wichita at the time. Uh, about five, six years after, they finally did build one in Wichita. But that was like the highlight of the trip. You know, we got to go to showbiz pizza, and we got to watch the Rockfire explosion and everything. And, you know, and then they finally built one in Wichita, and it was close to where I lived in town. And we went there. And then I do remember the place kind of falling into disrepair and then becoming Chuck E. Cheese. And I hadn't been there in forever. And I remember going to the Chuck E. Cheese and going, this is not right. It was, <laughs> it was, it was like, it was like going in there with that excitement that yeah. I remembered as a kid going, that you know, second oh, this wave is... of Chuck E. Cheese rejiggering was bad. It is. And it just got worse. Well, cause I mean, now it, there's it, what one they, animatronic in there. I think nothing, nothing as good as uh, showbiz was at any yeah. of Chuck E. Cheese's. Stuff. Well, they talk about it in the there documentary, was. like it started, like they just changed the outfits on the animatronics and they just put different clothing on them yeah. and, you know, changed them to look different from the original rock of fire explosion. And then all of a sudden they just took them out and replaced them with far cheaper and, and video less, 
Well, they did the video, video, but in some places they replaced them with less anima or less animated animatronic, you know, characters that just looked horrible. Hmm. I like to sit close enough that I hear the creeching and screeching of the uh, joints and stuff on and the, the robots. And the, and the hissing of the, the air valves. Oh, yeah. You know, like yeah, right that, up there. That made it. That's what made the, the songs. Now, I did go to Chuck E. Cheese in his first iteration. That was the closest one to us. And it started out really good, but the, they were like half-bodied. Right. So, But they were pretty big, too. Well, you had the Beach Bears. Now you're into that showbiz. Was what? that showbiz? No. Yeah. Showbiz, Beach Bear. And Duke, the, the king, Laroop. the giant. Yeah, the, the, the giant, monkey. The uh, the gorilla? Fats. No, no, no. No, no the not king. Beach Bear. No, there no. Were the Beach Bears. It was the beat. They sung Beach Boy songs. Okay. okay. I don't remember that. I do remember the king. And there was the king who had his own little lounge area. He was a, was a giant lion Elvis. A giant Elvis. Okay. Yeah. He would do only Elvis songs. And you had to put special coins into the, into the king and the Beach Bears to get them to do their songs. I don't remember the Beach Bears though. Yeah. Well, that, Paul, that's showbiz. I, mean, that's, 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 I don't remember any of that. That was Chuck E. Cheese yeah. on, during its during its highlight. You'll be happy to know Amazon does have uh, Rock of Fire Explosion listed. It's in the. It's not directly sold from Amazon, but it's their um, you know their affiliate sales starts at ninety nine dollars. Yeah. No used. <laughs> no. Listen I'm to this. Yeah. The most expensive one they have listed. Is the is the only new copy listed on here? No, I'm sorry. There's there's two new copies listed on here. The most expensive one is a brand new uh, unwrapped uh, copy from Okinawa, Japan. <laughs> He's on the edge of his seat right now. Six hundred and fifty three dollars and seventy two cents plus shipping. That, you know what? Uh, no, and <laughs> you know who's sharing that? A teenager joker, because he have a joke if he think I'm gonna pay six hundred ninety nine dollars for DVD. Ha ha, joker. But yeah, good one, teenager joker. Good one, you got me laughing. Chinese teenager joker, Japanese teenager joker, Japanese teenager joker. He try to say you the rocket fire spurgee. Japanese teenager joker. He have a good laugh. Pull my other leg. Woo Japanese woo teenage joker. You think you funny? You never funny. Japanese teenage joker. <laughs> ha ha ha. No one laugh at you. Japanese I'm, I'm teenage laughing. joker. You see no funny what you do with the DVD. Japanese teenage joker. Nobody laugh at the what you say. Japanese teenage joker. You got caught in the Fukushima, <laughs> Japanese teenage joker. That's why you have a green hair, Japanese teenage joker. Fukushima radiation make you stronger joker man, Japanese teenage joker. You killed Batman because you have a radiation, Japanese teenage joker. Why are you so angry at the American bad person, Japanese teenage joker. Right. <laughs> okay, folks, uh, don't drive, but... <laughs> Somehow get somebody to get you some more so you can have another drink. <laughs> Twitch users who use chat should be very wary of clicking on links in the chat stream. According to a F-Secure security alert. Yeah, don't even. Right? You're a fool to even read the chat in Twitch. If you can. Yeah, right. It goes so fucking fast. No shit. That place is. Sure, give you cancer. Completely populated by death bots. No surprise. <laughs> yeah, a link uh, to CG CG Go Prize show, showing up in, in Twitch chats is actually a phishing scam. One of many. The message from link posters in, 
encourages users to click on the link to participate in a weekly raffle to win Counter-Strike Global Offensive items. But the link actually leads to a Java program, ask for your name and email, if you provide it, it installs a file on your computer that enables unknown individuals with the ability to take out your money out of your Steam wallet, as well as sell or trade your items in your inventory. Mm. Twitch support said that it's working on blocking the link, but warned users to be aware of future variants that could appear. Twitch is also warning users to be wary of any links that appear in chat. It also suggested that broadcasters enable the block hyperlink in chat feature under the channels and video settings. Yeah, don't click on click on anything in the chat. It's the window, fucking Wild ever. West on Twitch. Yeah, but this is funny that they're starting to people are like, oh, because it's a bunch of noobs coming on there yeah. and clicking on shit. Well, what's Twitch? Yeah, you're gonna get fucked. Get the fuck out of there, <laughs> idiots! <laughs> as soon as it starts to make the news, as soon as a bunch of idiots get on there, oh, I thought it'd be okay for me to click on anything. <laughs> I clicked on that wiener one time. I got some boner pills. <laughs> I'm still waiting great. for those free iPads from a couple of years ago. What? Ha- right. Why am I not making $1,200 a week from my own house? <laughs> why am I not a Nigerian prince? Because a Japanese a teenage <laughs> joker. He moved to Nigeria to fight the prince. I don't, I don't even know what the trigger words are anymore. <laughs> Nobody knows what the trigger words are. The ones that you think are trigger words are not, and the ones that you don't think are trigger words happen to be. No, no. It's, it's, if you start with why isn't, then uh, he goes Be into- careful. Trigger word. <laughs> why isn't? Trigger word. Jokuru. And, and clearly there's no safe word. <laughs> Jokuru. Bob Rental of Mission Viejo, California. Bob Rental. Bob Rental? Bob Brettel. Oh, Brettel. Okay. <laughs> His name was Rental, Bob Rental. Yes, Bob Rental. <laughs> Has been collecting comic books since he was eight years old. He's 52 years old now. In December 2012, Bredall sent a proposal to Guinness World Records, hoping that his stash of comics might be the biggest in the world. On May 1st of this year, Guinness took an official tally and declared Bredall the record holder, an achievement now recorded in the just-released 2015 Guinness Book of World Records. According to Guinness... As of May 1st, Bredall owned 94,268 unique, meaning no repeated issues, comic books, and number Bredall says he's increased by at least 1,000. The total weight of all these comics is estimated about 16,800 pounds, so more than 8 tons. Uh, Bredall undoubtedly got more than a few valuable treasures stashed away in his collection, but when asked how much he thinks all the books are worth, he declared that for him, comics have never been about money, and they never will be. Bredall also already anticipating counterclaims to his record, quoting him, Cue up the posts by people who know a guy that has more comics. He said, records are made to be broken. These people can apply to Guinness Records to break my record. And when they do, I will congratulate them. That's Good for cool. him. Yeah. That sounds well adjusted. He does. For a comic book Reasonable nerd. guy. Like uh, did you see this picture of his collection? No. It was really good. looks good. And he's got a lot of uh, uh, art Mm. Yeah, like uh, you know, pages and whatnot mm-hmm. uh, framed up on the walls, I and mean, so he's oh, nice. clearly got a respect for the whole long you know, boxes or short boxes. Uh, he had a mix. Long he had a mix. Suck. He had a mix. Long boxes are terrible. Two of the devil. I've gotten done with. I've I have one. I think maybe two. Oh yeah, I can't do anything but short boxes now. They're so they get so unwieldy. Yeah, they fold right in the middle when you pick them up is that how it goes <laughs> well if they're old enough yeah yeah i mean some of the ones that, that i had had the the double bottom like it was twice the 
<laughs> Why did you? You heard it here first. You should everybody. better get some That's surgery. That's what the fucking package says. <laughs> some of the ones it's that 80s Jeff had had a double bottom. It's Guinness, a Guinness get out here. Cardboard got, bottom. So tap, tap, tap. It's twice as thick so that it, it has that reinforced. Uh, twice as thick double, double bottom. Double bottom, girls. You, you make this rocking world go round. <laughs> I just, yeah. My name I, I just saw the trigger words come out of your mouth. I go looking for some heft. I need ladies that have double what's normal to see. When you pull those shorts down, I don't want no messing around. That better be for cheeks. Greeting and stay. Staring at me, double bottom girls. You make the '80s Jeff get hard. No, no, you don't like double bottom girls. No, I thought it was genius. You know what? Do you you want? You like the regular bottom girls? Usually. <laughs> Usually. But but like a train wreck. Right as you're but. saying it, like double bottom. I was like. Jumping all over that. <laughs> you saw my microphone drop out of my hands. I go. Tina Joker. Double bottom. Find extra bottom. Harry Korean have a double bottom. Just make a note, folks, that you'll drink about this later. Don't drink anymore. You're going to hurt yourself. <laughs> Australia has banned Duff beer from being sold because it might encourage underage drinking. Australia's Alcohol Beverages Advertising Code held up a complaint from the Alcohol Policy Coalition from back in June that asserted the beer would encourage underage fans of The Simpsons to drink. The removal of Woolworth's Duff Beer is another line in a failed attempt to launch Duff Beer, both in Australia and around the world, but they usually fall victim to 20th Century Fox copyright claims and not sensitivity to the show's younger demographic. Did you say Woolworth's? Yeah, this was put out so by Woolworth's. Woolworth's like the five and nine I store? assume so, but I have no proof. <laughs> I know you want to. I know you want to. Woolworth's yeah. accepted the decision without protest <laughs> and will be removing the beer from distribution. <laughs> I know. I said five and nine. I'm old. Yes. I was going to say Andy remembers Woolworth's. <laughs> There was a Woolworths here when I moved to town. Okay. On the Fremont State. There is a Woolworths supermarket chain in Australia. That's where okay. that is coming That's, oh, from. Oh, okay. It's a Woolworth. Yeah, okay. It is not related to the Woolworths of uh, Andy's because of the merchandise <laughs> company <laughs> here in the of US. Of Andy's teen years, <laughs> of his formative first college days. I did shop at Woolworths in college. And he's belly up to that uh, soda jerk and uh, Hey, baby, I got 15 cents. You want to make a night of it? Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Looking at those pants, I bet you got double bottom. <laughs> I bought many a cheap good at uh, Woolworths. Many a cheap good. That's his slang for it. Uh, I'm looking for some cheap goods. Well, honey, if you got 15 cents, I got some cheap goods for you. Just feeding them. <laughs> what are you feeding them? Write to us. Comments at UglyCouchShow.com. You take a silver dollar. And also write to us if, because, uh, you know. Yeah. We're talking about what we should name the listeners of the show. Shock Monkey's been uh, put forward, and I think it's a fantastic shock choice. Shock Monkey. Shock uh, Monkey. I know that Kirsten's put forth shockers in the past, so Which, that's yeah. something that that's, exists. That's some what he caught, though. Well, the thing, the thing is that... That's some, gets yeah, some not, Dane Cook action. Well, no, his, 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 no, his argument, super finger. His argument is that, uh, he, that the shock is going to disappear within you know days, and you'll just be calling them monkeys. 
I don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and until next week, I am Master Torgo. A teenage jokery. 80s Jeff. Back check dandy. Flip floppy mad. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll talk to you next oh. week in Geek. Just the pain in Jeff's eyes. <laughs> Every week. It's a roof that's a steer up in. I go inside to find a who. Let's see. Now, now it's Swedish. We're the hoors. I'm Swedish teenage joker. I'm looking for a hoor. Where are the hoors? I got green here, and I'm looking for a hoor. I'm a teenage green joker. Where's the hoors here? It's the woo-woofs. I'm looking for a woo-woofs her for 15 cents. Who wants to be my who? <laughs> should, should a company's making more sense to me than he usually hey, does? Who, who's here wants to be my who? Anybody here at Who Hurts want to be my who? I'm a teenage juker and I got a 15 cents for me. Now you're going like Canadian or Green something. Green here. Yeah, exactly. Hey, well, hey well, I, I'm teenage joker from uh, Ottawa. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uh, looking for, you know, a prostitute or whatever. Uh, you know, whatever you got. East Coast. Gotta go East I'm Coast. I'm not going to say bye. I'm not going to. I'll take it, whatever it is. You know, if it's a prostitute, I'll take, a, you know, a pocket pussy at this point. Whatever you get. I don't think I'll watch Gotham, not a but moose, I may watch not a moose. League of, I'll take. I'll I, fuck I, a moose. I may watch the League of International Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. I am the Indian Joker. I have green hair and I. I, from bathing in the Ganges, my hair went green, and now I look for the Batman. You know there is Batman. There is Batman Incorporated. Yeah, it'd be really fun to do Joker Incorporated. Have they done that yet? I don't know. <laughs> the Joker Incorporated, yeah. the League of International he has, Jokers. He hires all international jokers because that's what Batman Incorporated is. It's the League of International Batman. Aye, Batman. <laughs> I got you, Joker. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That'd be great, the Australian Joker. <laughs> Oh, shit. I've opened a real can of worms here, Robin. I should have never started International Batman, because now there's International Jokers, and even worse, International Penguins. What's wrong with your voice, Batman? Gosh! I don't, I don't know. I've been swallowing nails. Where's the International Joker? He's one thing, but International Penguin? That guy's a fucking asshole. Where's this penguin from? Zimbabwe. <laughs> oh man she's going nazi germany what did you say about my mother oh you're going down zimbabwe penguin penguins can't even live in zimbabwe that's just the, the dumbest thing about this robin is now my villains live in the craziest fucking places it makes no goddamn sense i've got <laughs> Oh, hello! I'm a, I'm a Japanese riddle. Or as I call myself, the little. I'm a the little. Japanese little. The, the little. The little. No, little what, me this bit, man. Woodsy Owl's gonna be all over your ass. <laughs> You're, you're gonna you're gonna litter in front of me. Yeah, I mean, I'm a litterer. Hey, how hey, many? Hey, give a hoot. Don't pollute. No, oh no, not, no. I tell a little. 
shoes. I make it difficult to play. We are the, the littles. The, the, the I remember littles, that cartoon. The oh, yeah. yeah, the cartoon. Yeah. I'm a Japanese little. <laughs> oh, 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 you do the writing part of the comics. No. <laughs> oh, no. See, this is the problem. They're the stupidest <laughs> fucking thing ever. No one cares about my villains anymore. I used to have the greatest rogue gallery ever, and now Japanese Littler is destroying it. <laughs> <laughs>